Agents Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Chime. Chime offers an award-winning sales acceleration platform built for the real estate industry. Powered by artificial intelligence, Chime delivers the data insights agents and teams need to make the most out of the leads they already have and to get to a close faster. Through an expanding partner network, Chime's easy-to-use conversion platform also delivers quality sales-ready leads from the get-go. It eliminates time-consuming manual tasks and helps agents focus on what matters most, building their network, servicing clients, and growing the bottom line. To learn more about how Chime can help you, visit www.chime.me or call 833-682-4463. Welcome back, Lab Code Nation, to another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And if I sound a little nasally today, it's because I am. I've got a summer cold, which sucks. But that's not going to stop me from uh, doing this interview, which we've had to delay a time. Uh, And I'm excited for this. uh, And I'm wearing his shirt. So for those of you who are not watching, which is most of you, because you're probably listening on a podcast app, uh, you're going to have to just go to YouTube and watch this. But I'm wearing a shirt that says Average Sucks. Uh, and there's, there's a correlation here because our, our guest is the author of a book called Average Sucks. Uh, and he is a, a neuro-linguistic and language pattern specialist, among many other things. I don't even know what the hell that means. He was just describing it to me before we started uh, this show. And I'm going to let him explain it to you. Uh, but let's also talk about how to get out of the average today. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Michael Bernhoff, my friend. How are you? I'm I'm excited to be here. A clarification, you're not actually wearing my shirt. You're wearing a shirt, right, that uh, says average sucks. So, uh, I know if they're not watching right now, like, what kind of show is this? He's wearing his shirt. All right, it's yeah, well, okay. The it does, on the it does have your name on it. You know what I mean? I, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, we're, so we're, we're buddies, so we can joke. Let's let's start here. Let's start here. Let's let's assume yeah. our audience, it's as you know, which is real estate, does not know who you are. Yeah. So you and I met yeah. at a closing table mastermind. We got con- reconnected yeah. from Sam Karamian. But let's let's let me have you describe who you are to our audience and kind of how yeah. you came up in this business and now what you're doing yeah. today. Yeah, I've been doing this for for quite a while. And I, I'll tell you, I understand real estate real well because I'm an investor, a commercial, residential, stuff like that. I owned a, a, quite a few things myself. So I definitely understand your market. I've worked with a ton of agents over the years. But here, here's here's really how all of this happened. I'm a, I'm a middle-class kid from Rockaway, New Jersey, that my whole life I always wanted to do better. And I could not figure out for the life of me what the heck they were doing that I wasn't doing to make things happen. And remember my parents used to say, you know, work hard, be a good person. And if you've ever tried that in mortgage and real estate, keep the good person part, but the work hard thing is going to kill you, right? Over time, it's not the it's not the gateway. It's not even about harder and smarter. So, I I have always wanted to figure out what makes people you know tick, what makes people do what they do. And for years, I couldn't figure out what kept me stuck. And you know, about nine years ago, I, I said a phrase: "Average sucks." It took me a little while to write the book, and I had no idea why people are dominated by this magnetic force to be who they were yesterday, last month, last year. And I dedicated my life to helping people break out of that because I got sick and tired of seeing people that were highly effective finally get to six figures and stay there. Finally get to seven figures and only take a nap there. Finally get to 50 grand a year and stay there. Get to how many times you're intimate with your wife, husband every year and stay there versus getting life that you wanted. So I'm the guy obsessed with teaching you psychological triggers to get you to break past what you did yesterday to get you to get what you want. And I've been doing this for 
about 20 years. And the best part is if it worked in 2020, the hardest year ever uh, for most people, and we got thousands of people to have their best year ever, it'll work any other year. So there is the quick version of me and figure that'll connect with everybody. How does one get into a, to, to, to just going down this path? Is this like yep. an education that you took? Or what led you down this path? So I, um, yeah, I studied, I studied quite a bit of stuff. So I'm, uh, I failed psych one-on-one three times. I, I'll tell you, I charge more than any therapist in the country. I'll get, I have people fly in from all over the world. Even during the pandemic, people flew in from other countries. Maybe they shouldn't mention this on video, but they did come over, you know, other places, right? Or maybe came over the border, right? To work on things. So I studied uh, human beings, studied people. I've got a background in uh, versions of psychotherapy, transactional analysis. I've got a background in neurolinguistic programming. But really, at the end of the day is I've been studying people and what makes people do the things they do. And this is not like, I'm not a guy that I've been doing this so long, like coaching and working with people. MySpace didn't exist when I got started. A coach, when I first get started, was a dude with a whistle in his mouth, right? So it's like, I've been doing this for a long time. So my, my big thing is I was an entrepreneur and I struggled like most people. And when I found personal development, I realized, got it, this was the thing missing. I knew how to work hard, I understood sales, but how do you get yourself to do it consistently? So when I found, the mindset stuff, and I found the psychology of it, that's what started to literally change and frame everything for me. So that's the quick version. We can go, definitely go deeper. I'm never the guy that likes to talk about myself. I love me, but I'm not the guy that, uh, that typically, you know, toots my own horn. I just know I do things well. And all well, I, I always, I always like to set the table and, 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 you know, yep. give some basis for why we're going to be talking about what we're talking about or why, why are you listening to this crazy guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, why you're the authority. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I stand on stages and speak about social media and doing video yep. and stuff, but I feel like yep. so, and, and I go to so many conferences and you know this, that I feel like so many people that stand on stages and speak and teach aren't really that validated and they don't actually, they're not oh, actually shit. practitioners of what they do. And so I'm, I'm curious if nothing else, just to kind of pick at it and say, Tell me why you're an expert at this. And so that's why I ask. I've gotten um, results. I mean, here's the thing. Consistently, we get results for people. At the end of the day, the one I, there's a lot of things I don't do well. And I have clients that are professional golfers. I have clients that are UFC fighters. Next door to our building is NeuroForce One. It is probably the biggest, most famous uh, training facility for UFC fighters. I am sometimes the last voice they hear before they walk in the ring where they call me on their cell phone and they give it to their manager, not their wife, not their girlfriend. They chat with me. So I have mastered what makes people do what they do by, by based on the language they use. I was shooting a video prior to this. And let's just talk about procrastination for a minute, right? Have you ever procrastinated? I, I know I have. And, and yes, a lot, right? So anyone that says they don't is full of crap. And also most people on stage are, are what I call like drug dealers. They, they sell you your own dopamine, norepinephrine and serotonin back to you. They're, they're good for about an hour. They fire you up and then they dealt you your own drugs and then it goes away. So when I talk about procrastination, here's something I said in a video that I shot. I said, there's two reasons we procrastinate, two main reasons. Number one is we are actually think we're a perfectionist and we're actually just a procrastinator playing the part of a perfectionist. That's reason number one. Number two is there's a language pattern we use and your brain, just so we all understand, this is your brain, like this physical organism inside. And then there's your operating system. Like I'm operating off a Mac computer with an iOS. The iOS is the mind. The physical structure of the computer is, is like your brain. It's the, it's, the, it's the structure of it. So the way that your mind operates is it looks at things and it gives you what you've done before. So if you've ever said to yourself, this is procrastination 101, I'll start tomorrow. 
or you say, I'll do it every day for the rest of my life. Like I'm going to cold call forever. I love this. I'm going to make YouTube videos forever. How many times you heard that one? Mm-hmm. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. So your brain hears those and it magnifies it based on the past last experience. So what your brain says, got it. We've heard this before. He's going to start tomorrow, which means we'll be quitting within seven days. No problem. Set him or her on that path. Got it. They're going to do it every day for the year. Let the frustration state and the alcohol be ready in a week because we know they're going to quit anyways. To hack the brain, the brain requires you to do things differently than you normally do. So decision-making is challenging enough for people. Just to ask people, what do they want to do for lunch? Like I've sat with Sam, where are we going to dinner? If he doesn't book Mastro's or something like that, we're going to be forever figuring out where we're going that night, right? So whenever you make a decision, you can make multiple commitments. So most people have never said this. I am going to cold call for two days. And if in two days I like it, I'll do it again. Your brain goes, that's new. What should I do? I've never heard of that before. And on day one, after you've called, you get a chance to do it again. I'm going to eat well for two days. Your brain's like, I can do that for two days. No problem. And after day one, you get a win. You do another two. I'm not saying it's permanent, but it's the psychology of what gets people to do things. A new new sales rep walks in. A new mortgage broker comes in. We're going to make calls forever. You're going to be doing this forever. It freaks people's brains out. We're going to do this for two days. And on the second day, if you like the first day, we'll do two or three more. The reason I'm saying this is I've studied literally what makes people do things. That is a simple override that anybody can use on a regular basis. So um, I've got a million techniques. You throw me a problem, I will have a solution. So here's the deal. I get results and I have solutions. And we could spend the whole time you giving me what the biggest challenges people have and I'll help you deal with that if you'd like. That's interesting. Well, it's interesting. Um, and, and I guess, I, so again, as, as I'm the fortunate one who gets to be the interviewer, so I can only speak for myself. I try to put myself in the minds of others, but as a, I, I run a big team and I'm constantly coaching people and talking about, in fact, I, just like you, I had a call earlier with one of my loan officers and we were talking about, uh, you know, consistency and, and continuity and, and, and the, the things that you're doing, if you don't do it for a, for a, for a lot of a certain amount of time, you're not going to get results. And most people, they know what to do. They'll do it for a month or two. They'll vacate it because they don't see results because it actually takes more time to get it done. It's like losing weight, right? It's like getting healthy. It's the same concept. And from what I heard, from what I think I heard from what you were saying is this is what helps the average because there's only a few that can actually figure out how to overcome that on, the, on their own, but it helps the average overcome that, that barrier. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. So, so let's talk about this average thing for a minute. So we're clear with everybody. Um, I wear my shirt average sucks almost every day. My license plates average sucks. I have a word everywhere and people stop me all the time and they're like, I love your shirt. And they're like, great. Do you know what it means? And they're like, yeah, be better than everyone else. You know, be Mike Tyson, like as a kid or Michael Jordan or whoever we grew up with. I said, actually, that's cool. Has nothing to do at all with what it means. Here's the deal. Every mortgage, real estate, human, yoga mom or dad listening to this right now, your biggest challenge in life is your average. And I'm not saying your average, you have an average and your average dominates every single thing in your life. I'm seeing the bats behind you. I don't know where they came from, which Cardinal player they they were involved with. Each of those people had an average that they identified with. So when, like, let me ask you this, Jeff. Do you remember 20 something years ago when you said to yourself, never again, I don't want to be broke. I don't want to play small. I'm done screwing around. I'm going to make this work. Do you remember when that day was? I mean, there's been several of those days. Good, good. But you've had one, right? Yeah, of course. So the moment you say to yourself, and I'm going to draw this out for you to get, and this is what I mean by your average. 
The second you say, I'm sick of being treated this way, I'll never do this again, I'll never play small, I'll never do, I will never do, uh, take that person on as a buyer ever again if we're in real estate until they actually get their credit cleared and they get approved, right? Like everyone's made that mistake. So when you say never again, you put a wall behind you and it's like the backstop, like nothing goes behind that. And in front of you, you build a series of wants. Here's the things I want. You don't actually get them, you want them. And this is what dinner was like. I don't know what St. Louis was like. Arizona was wide open the whole time. We had like a month, we had no dinner out. But, but during last year, people forgot that almost every dinner conversation of people was bitching about what they don't have, dreaming about what they do want, complaining what they don't want. And I'm not saying all people, but most people talk about what they want that they don't have and complain about what they don't want to do. What that happens is it develops the other side of the box, which is their identity. So most people don't recognize you identify as a person that wishfully would like to make $352,000 a year, but identifies as a buck 10, just it is. And then to solidify your average, which is this box, what happens is you then recruit the people in your life, you all do this, the manager, the teammate, the secretary, the friend, the girlfriend, the wife, the friend, the brother, the husband, to encourage you and piss you off enough to keep you stuck inside the average you have. So everything you want in life is outside your current average. You can't be you and get what you want. You need to grow into the person you're capable of being. So when I say average sucks and you look up to Michael Jordan, like who was your favorite Cardinal when you were a kid? I see you love baseball. Uh, yeah, I mean, gosh, I don't know. Let's use Ozzie Smith. I have Ozzie Smith's probably 86 Fleer card. Do you know what I'm saying as a kid? Uh -huh. oh, yeah. you know, I have all my Fleer and Don Russ cards when I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. So Eric Davis and all these cards oh, yeah. we grew up with, right? He was, actually, he was actually one of my favorite players, Eric Davis. Eric, I grew up, uh, Dave Winfield was mine. Dave Winfield and Don Mattingly. Got it. Those are I, my years. I was, I was Eric Davis and Daryl Strawberry. So just, just throwing that. Oh out. man. The, the strawberry. Those are the, we were probably the same age, right? Yeah, yep. So did you collect the cards too? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've got boxes of them still. Yep. 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 So what happens is we develop an average for ourselves. So what happens is people will look up to you and go, man, Jeff's amazing. He's so good at this. Look at him on this podcast. Look at him as a mortgage guy. He is a killer. Look at his team. And the second you put someone on a pedestal, you put yourself on the floor. So we spend our lives looking up to these athletes. My question is how great would we have been at sports if we actually looked up to ourselves? And that's the problem we have. We could admire their skill, but when you put Wayne Gretzky, like I did on a pedestal as a hockey guy when I was a kid, I put Michael Burnoff as, as on the floor. And this is the thing. Most people play a piece of themselves instead of all of themselves. The average, the trick is on us. The average sucks when you read the book, the trick is on you you have an average. And if you don't identify what your current average is, you will never break out of it. Hmm. So let's, let's try to, I want to, I want to articulate this and apply it back it. to business. And so, you know, do again, it. we're talking to a predominant real estate agent audience, you What's know, so real estate audience? a real estate audience. So, you know, obviously you've talked to many, a real estate agent. I could probably yeah. throw some questions at you, but I'd like to know, like, what yeah. is one of the bigger objections or the things that you feel like that the average listener needs to overcome to get to another level? Yeah. So here's the deal. You identify currently as a person that wants things that doesn't have things. So in order to get where you want to go, one of the first things you need to look in the mirror and you got to ask yourself a very simple question. Are you where you want to be? And a lot of times we are proud of the results we've gotten because God, look how far I have seen people I've hired. Right. And this, this goes for everybody on earth. So don't, don't beat yourself up over when I say this, I have hired people that I probably shouldn't have hired because I saw their potential. And I finally got them to make in sales a hundred grand a year. 
And then I'm like, are you ready to get started? They're like, do you see what I've done? I went from 30 grand a year as a single mom. I got to a hundred, don't you? But I'm like, that's where you should have started. So most people don't recognize the gateway to getting started is to look in the mirror, do not beat yourself up and accept you're not where you want to be. If you want to change, we have to like ourselves. We have to be okay with where we're at, but accept that you can't be where you're at and get where you want to go at the same time. I know it sounds very simple, but if you're satisfied because you want recognition for what you did, like my daughter, the figure skater, congratulations, you did your triple loop. That was good for a month ago. What's good for next week? So the biggest challenge I think we have as people is we look in the mirror and we're proud of our accomplishments. And I, I had a dad that couldn't stand that my dad wouldn't pat me on the shoulder of everything I did. Congratulations, you did what you did. Now let's go get you what you want. If you want to be pushed, if you want to stay at a buck 50, 52 loans a year, 22, I got clients that move 5,000 loans a year through their company. I think that's pretty good. 5,000. Uh -huh. um, I think that's pretty good. That is the same guy that used to do a hundred by themselves. So if you want to do 5,000, if you want to do a hundred, you want to do 150, you need to accept that what you're doing is good, but it's only part of what you're capable of doing. Hmm. How many people do you run across though that, 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 say, you know what, I'm satisfied with good. They don't say it. They are very appreciative of what they've done. So here's what happened. Remember the day you said never again? Mm -hmm. Earlier you said to yourself, I'd have multitude of those days. Mm -hmm. Every time you say, I'm not where I want to be, your brain goes, fantastic. What would you like? And then you draw a picture of the next thing. Most people are living in an old box. So what happens is you just need to build a new box. If you're always going to have an identity, always relationships with people, always have wants and always don't wants, is your box designed to get you what it is you want or is your box designed to get you what you wanted a while ago? So most of us are living a life that was good previously. Like I, I'm telling you, I, I've turned around one day and I'm like, why can't I write my book? I'm a capable person. Like I can't figure this out. But then I realized like a nine-year-old boy was trying to write the book. A kid that had ADD, wasn't good at school, was challenged. Every one of my old things would show up. And then one day I was doing a podcast and I, and I said to the guy like you, Jeff, a guy named Brad, I said, so Brad, how does a 43-year-old guy that's traveled all over the world with a great wife, beautiful family, every reason to do well, what does that guy do? And then I realized, wait a second, most people have not updated their identity of who you really are. And we're running our life based on who we used to be. So I'll tell you, a lot of you are still year one mortgage person. And here you are 222 loans later, six years later and realizing, got it. I'm good at this thing. And we identify as ourselves as a survivor or a struggler. Like I have a whole strategy for this I can give you, but I mean, at the end of the day, what was your original reason for making money? And mine was to survive and prove a point. So I spent a decade making millions, surviving and proving a point instead of realizing, wait a second, I beat that eight years ago. What the hell am I doing? So many people are still playing their old business plan. Survive, prove I can do it, show my wife I'm capable. You did that five years ago. What are we going to do now? Okay, so let me try to, let me try to- uh, I love your questions. Let me try to break this down. And so I'm going to put myself in the mind of a real estate agent. And let's yep. just say yep. I've been a realtor for anywhere from two to 10 years, right? And, yep. and, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I've, 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 got a, I've got an assistant who helps me with the business. And, yep. uh, you know, I'm, I'm making six figures. Very, you know, I'm happy. 
but, and I don't really think Michael, I don't think it's possible for me, you know, so, so right now I'm doing, uh, you know, 50 deals a year, transactions a year for, for, for 20 million, which is, which is good. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in the top 500 in my market, but I really don't think that, you know, I'm just not cut from the cloth to be able to, 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 to take that, those 50 to a hundred and then take my volume up to maybe a hundred million. I, I just don't think that's possible. Like that's just not, you know, I'm just an average dude, middle-class, right? How, how do you talk somebody out of talking themselves out of what they're capable of doing? So this is where this whole thing happened with this, this middle-class thing. And I'll tell you why I'm a big advocate of this is, did you grow up middle-class? Yeah. Okay. So here's the challenge. I watched my, do you have kids? Yes. Okay, so I had my kids watch Little House on the Prairie on purpose because I watched that when I was a kid. And when you watched Little House, you were rich or poor. That was it. There was no in between. Right around 1947, they invented the concept of middle class. It did not exist prior. Let's get really clear. It did not exist, which overrides biology. So what it is, is we had a series of time from 1950 to about 1995 where people felt safe and comfortable because there was enough adversity in life and challenges we had just through life. Like when we were kids, you'd get your little disposable camera. You would uh, wait seven days to get the film. You had patience. We'd get rain checks. We had patience. You'd have to walk places. Life got very, very easy over the last 20, 30 years. So what happened is they overrode biological functions and they stripped the world of natural adversity. So we learned to be okay. So we were trained that okay is okay, as long as okay is okay. And okay is still okay if okay is okay. But if you want things to be different, you can't be okay with where you're currently at. So what got you to change in the first place? Well, what gets someone to become a real estate agent or a mortgage broker or an insurance salesman or anything that you choose to do is when you say, I'm not where I want to be. And then your brain goes, what else can I do? How do I change? So if you're satisfied with where you're at and you think you can't do it, that's one thing. And then congratulations, you can't, you know, you're average, but those are not the people that are going to listen to this podcast. They're not everyone physically listening right now. Cause if you've got people like that on your team that are stuck, it's just a matter of time. And then they're going to quit because they're going to find ways to stay where they're at. But if you're listening to this going, got it, Michael, I do a buck 50, I do a hundred thousand. I have got a good life. My kids are covered. We're in private school. Things are good. My question is, do you want more? And if they say they want more, um, the real question you got to ask yourself is, what price are you willing to pay? Because something's going to have to give. And what I mean by something's have to give is it doesn't have to be a painful price, but you can't be who it is that you are. You're not going to be able to believe your current story. Like we all have a script in life and the script is you wake up in the morning and you be you. And this is the craziest part. You ever seen agents where they'll sit on their ass for nine months or unfortunately somebody dies or they give birth and and then some crazy reason in the last four months of the year, they make up all of the income they were going to make. Like, how did you do that? Right. You did 30 properties. How many times have you seen that in 20 years? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know what you mean. That is, that is their average. The question is we need to redefine what your average is. So the three ways to get where you want to go. Number one is you can lower your head, try to work hard and run your head into that wall. That's in front of you. Your want wall. You're going to get a bloody shoulder. Opportunity too, you can ask for help. You're doing it right now by being on this podcast. I mean, just being here, listening to Jeff, the guests, everybody, you are in the right hands. Like you, you need to subscribe, save this, listen to past shows, be here more than you're being here. What that does is it's almost like somebody lifting you over the wall. The third is we have to choose, are we gonna grow? And I, I'm six foot six. And a few years ago, a guy tapped me in the belly. He goes, how tall are you? And I go, I'm six, six. He goes, when are you gonna act like it? 
I said, well, what do you mean? I'm a big dude. Like I'm, 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 a, I'm a hockey, I'm a fighter. Like, what do you mean? What am I going to act like? And he goes, you play your life like you're five foot 11. So if you've maxed out, there's nothing I could do to help you. But if you know there's a whole nother level, there's other ways to do things. So I have a solution and it's based on one thing. So Jeff, I'll, I'll ask you a question. What's one thing you do more than anything in the world all day long? Like one thing and listeners, think about this. What's one thing you do more than anything in the world? Let's, let's get four or five answers. Like all day long, 24 hours in a day, one thing you do more than anything else. You're just talking about like a daily routine? Just, just in, in general, like if Mark Zuckerberg was watching you, because he is, right? What would he see you doing? Uh, spending time with my family every day. Okay, very good. What else? Um, posting on social media. Very good. Shooting videos, because that's what very I good. do. Uh, working out, because that's okay, a All four of these regimen. things, sleeping, thinking about sex for some of you people, all that stuff. All of these things that we think about, right? Every one of them are one very, very simple word. And the word is communication. And I want to think about that word for a minute because it is the most underdeveloped and underutilized asset that we have in our world to get what we want. People always come to me because I teach influence how to sell people to things. But when is the last time you've learned how to market you to you, your full potential? Like we sell ourselves short all the time. We don't sell ourselves effectively. Meaning communication is like the most underdeveloped thing we have to getting where we want to go. We send our kids off for school with an organic lunch, but we don't teach them how to communicate with ourselves of what's going on. Most of us are storing things inside of our head in a way that doesn't work. Like you get in a fight with your wife, you store that in your brain, you bring it all day with you. What if you could make that not bother you? What if you could communicate differently with you? Because everything in life comes down to how do you influence yourself to create change? So here's the deal. The man who believes or the woman that believes, the person that believes they cannot get what they want is influencing themselves to believe that. The question is, how do you influence yourself to make a difference? Well, it's a different conversation and, and it's a whole different strategy. My second book I'm writing called How to Market to Yourself. We're always wanting to market to others. How do we sell us to us? How do we use the same techniques that we'd use on selling to others to sell us on being our best selves? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. That's good. That, 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 that'll be a good read. And I haven't read this yet because- uh, You're going you're gonna to love it. It's going to- You'll want to do high school over again. I spent my whole life convincing myself that I couldn't do the things I wanted to do. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess as, as I'm listening to you talk, first of all, I, I'm probably in the small percentage of people that figured, has figured out ways to overcome and, and do things. This is why I go to a closing table mastermind, why I surround myself with these types of people. But what I want to do today is I want to help, you know, I, I want to help that agent. Maybe there's one who's sitting there thinking to themselves like, listen, I, I know what I have to be doing. And so whether it is a strategy like, okay, I've, I've gone to a seminar, I've listened to these people talk about how I need to grow a brand on social media, but I just can't get out of my own way to post every day. I don't know what to talk about. I don't know what to post. I don't think anybody cares what I have to say. Or, you know, the person who says, I know I need to be prospecting every single day. I need to be dialing at least 20 people on my list, but gosh, darn it. It just sucks. I'm tired of, you know, having to, having to play this stupid game. And I think those are the biggest hurdles that, that most humans in any industry, depending on what it is, we're talking real estate here, uh, have to overcome. And so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess, do you get that a lot? I do know. That I, it's so normal and it doesn't matter the industry. So I work with everything from uh, the network marketers getting started in business to the big, big corporations that we work with. I've worked with everything in between from you know, billion dollar companies to the, the guy selling, the guy or girl selling Mary Kane of life. Do you know what I'm saying? I've seen it all. And real estate falls right in the middle of that, right? So here is the challenge most people have is 
they say words like this to themselves like every day. And the reason that the challenge is you already know you're not going to do every day. Like that's the dumbest phrase. You need to remove that from your brain. Here's a little phrase I'm going to give you called more often than not. And I'm just going to tell you, if you exercise more often than not, which is, you know, 3.7 days a week, right? Your body would change. The problem is like, I work with a lot of actors that want to get um, movie parts, right? So this guy years ago says to me, he wanted to be in that movie 300. Remember that gladiator movie, like the Spartans, right? Yeah. Back in the day, yep. the guy needed to get ripped. He worked at a fancy steakhouse in Beverly Hills. That's what actors do. They work at steakhouses until they become actors, right? They make a hundred grand a year acting, pretending they can't be what they're capable of being. So the guy hires me and I, he gets a fitness coach and this is everything to do with real estate. And what happened is he's had this great plan. He was going to eat five healthy meals a week and he was going to work out three times a day. I said, sounds like a great plan, but um, I'm not going to let you do that. And he goes, well, what do you mean, Michael? I got six weeks to get the part. I said, here's what I need you to do. This week, I want you to show me what you can do without trying. Work out as much as you can. Get back to me at the end of the week. He goes, are you crazy, Michael? I have no time to waste. I said, just trust me. We'll figure this out because I want you to get every part from this day forward. So what happened was the guy goes ahead and uh, the guy goes ahead and he comes back to me at the end of the week. I go, how'd you do? He goes, all right, Michael, I had about 15 healthy meals. Okay, that's good. That's good. All right. And I worked out about eight times. I said, fantastic. He goes, now can I go crazy? I said, no, do it again one more week. Let me know what you can do. And he comes back the next week, he did 16 and he did nine. And eventually what happened is we found out what his average was. We found out where he started. Most people are not willing to build stamina and stability to get started. You either want everything and you're using this one day maybe as an excuse to validate your current identity. I know that's just psychology and craziness, but it's the truth. Like on January 1st, I did one push-up. People go, that's the stupidest thing ever. Why didn't you do 10? I did one because one was freaking hard to do because it's, I wanted to do 50. I want to do eight. I did one. You know, I did day two. I did two. You know, I did day three. I did three. Silly as it sounds, on the first month, I did 300 pushups. Okay. Most importantly, I did it 31 days straight. Month two, I was at 31 a day. Right now, I'm at 150 a day-ish right now. And at the end of the year, I'll do 36,000. Here's the interesting thing about why I'm telling you this. You're better off getting started and being consistent rather than getting what it is you want. So my recommendation for all of you is make a call, make two calls, make three calls, make a video a week. If you'd like to make two, shut up and make one. And the reason why is you'd make two if you were going to make two. We've got to hack the brain. So I always tell everyone, get started, do what you can do, find out what you do automatically, then we raise your average from there. We don't start from zero, we raise from what you would do naturally. And that's where most people go wrong. Interesting. So it's really, I mean, it comes back to what you described in the very beginning as well, which is, is simplifying this down, almost like hacking your brain to rather than yep. saying, so, so everybody, uh, most people they go into the year with these new year's resolutions, which are a joke for most people, right? They don't, Horribly that's stupid. a joke. Yeah. Like, like gyms are Might busy well in January. Because you need to drink later. You're pissed. Yeah. Yes, I got you. Okay. And, and so this is the idea. So now anybody who's sitting there thinking to themselves, damn it, this is me with weight loss, with diet, with work, with family, with everything. Basically it's, it's breaking things down into almost like small wins, essentially. Is that kind of what, where we're going here? Yeah. Like I'll give you an example. Let's, let's get off of business for a minute. Cause I think the greatest way to teach business to people like Mr. Miyagi, he would talk about a plant to get you to learn karate. I'm going to talk about health to make all of you rich. Right. So most people consider food, food. They go, McDonald's is the same thing as broccoli. Everything's considered food. 
The problem is if you consider everything food, your brain doesn't know the difference. So have you ever drank shakes before? Oh yeah. So when you drink a shake, no one should drink shakes. You should chew a shake. And here's why. When you drink it, it goes straight to your stomach and everyone remember this from this day forward. When it goes straight to your stomach, you just get rid of it. But when you chew it, your brain actually sends the appropriate enzymes to your stomach to know what it is to break it down. Most people don't know that. Here's why I bring that up. Every time you eat, food is a relationship. Sales is a relationship. Getting rich is a relationship. So we have a relationship with food. I always say it's like dating. If you're going to keep it inside of you for the rest of your life, you should know its name, where it's from, what its intentions are with you. It's like someone trying to date your daughter, right? So like, where are you from? What are your intentions with me? So I break food into three categories. It takes me one second a day. What's your name? I'm nutrition. You're broccoli. You're steamed. Intelligent proteins. What's your name? You're entertainment. Food at a restaurant. Food poisoning. I call food at a restaurant food poisoning because their job is to make it taste good and kill you, right? Mm-hmm. And number three is uh, addiction. Second bag of popcorn at the movies. So just imagine a human being was aware and goes, you know what? For lunch, I had a Subway sandwich. Entertainment. For dinner, I, I went out to eat, had a couple of drinks, entertainment. In the morning at Captain Crunch cereal, entertainment. Eventually, if you knew you were doing this, your brain would go, I think it's time to have nutrition. It's been a while. The reason we don't flip back to doing the right thing is we don't even know what we're doing. So I've taught people how to lose thousands and thousands of pounds, collections of people by literally talking with their food. Same with investing. I look at Starbucks. I look at it as a psychological destruction of your bank account. That's why I don't go there. I buy stocks. I buy real estate. I got. I, I made a fortune last year. I look at Starbucks. That's seven bucks. If you would have given me that seven bucks and slowly bought Tesla stock like I did, I walk in the place. I go, got it. Smells good. I'm out of here. You might want coffee. I'm not teasing anybody. But because I labeled it a psychological destruction of my financial situation, it doesn't sound good. As soon as you say, I love my coffee. I need it. It turns me on. Then you want it. But when you say cold calling is impossible, your brain labels it like bending steel inside of your brain or relationships are hard. What's hard? You know, um, getting to the moon. So we uh, trigger things in our brain and we file things together. So when you go, God, making million dollars is hard. Making videos is hard. The second you say it's hard, it goes with everything in your brain that's hard. What you need to say is in language it correctly, cold calling is something I'm working on. I'm getting good at it. It's something new to me. It's a new experiment. It's something enjoyable. I don't know what you got to say to yourself, but the second you say it's hard, like how many times have you heard somebody say, God, that was the best. My wedding was the best day of my life. That person's on their way to divorce because what is someone going to do? Do you have an open bar at your house all the time? No, it wasn't a wonderful day up till now. It was a great day. My life's going to get better. If you're holding your husband or wife up against your wedding, you're going to be miserable. So these little languages Hmm. control our reality. So that's a lot of little things I threw at you quickly. And I know people can use that. That's interesting, man. That's, that's a lot to unpack. I'm not even sure which part to unpack at this point. I mean, grab a scissor. (laughs) I I know that you have, uh, let's, let's mention this because as, as we run up against the clock, um, you do have a challenge for everyone and we don't necessarily have to wrap up, but I want to make sure that that we, we, we give that a to do. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. We, we have something called the average sucks challenge. I've been doing this. It was called call to action originally, but when the book came out, we named it the average sucks challenge we were marketing at $600 for five days of working with me. We did it for years during the whole unique year. I don't say COVID, but during the unique year, 
we decided to give it away to people and we gave away $3.5 million worth of it. The results we got is thousands of people saying it's their best year they ever had in their life. So since then we've been giving it away. So when I get on your show, your friends, we're new to each other. I'd love to have a chance to work together. So I'm giving away something that I've sold tens of millions of dollars worth. I'm giving away for free. So it's called the average sucks challenge.com forward slash friends. It's over the phone, no Zoom required, because then you can pick up your kids at school, you can do things, it's old school, and the fastest way to change the mind is auditorily. So I'm gonna encourage all of you to do it. I've worked with about 50,000 agents and real estate mortgage people over the year, years, and not over the year, over the years, and the results people have gotten are amazing. So here's my guarantee. You'll get more done in five days than you have in five months guaranteed. A couple hours a day for five days, you will love who you become by the time it ends. So average sucks challenge.com forward slash friends. If you don't put friends on, feel free to pay the 600 bucks, put the friends on and it's free. If you want to get my book from there, there's an offer for it afterwards if you want. But here's the thing, 10 hours of working with me and over about a week, I run about every month, blow your freaking mind. And at the end, you're going to go, where's this been my whole life? That's my over promise and uh, over deliver for you. And so what, and, and uh, what, what are you gaining from this? Cause let's be honest here. I mean, obviously there's gotta be an end goal here. So why are you giving this away yeah. for free? What, what is, what, what's the end game for you? When I help people live more effectively, and this is no different than helping someone get a house or a mortgage. When you get someone an incredible result in life, they typically continue to engage with people they're staring at. So when you do an incredible uh, experience with somebody on a mortgage, they're going to send you the friends and family. So here's the thing. I know I'm going to offer you an incredible experience. I already know you're going to love it. And if you choose to do more with me, that's great. I also know that this is going to be enough to get you rock star solid in what you're doing. That you're going to go, holy crap, that thing he did, if that's that good, imagine what it goes from there. So it's really about offering incredible service up front to people. It's no different than any of you mortgage people. You're not getting anything from anybody from three to six weeks, maybe even 10 weeks from people. You're getting nothing. And then when you offer an incredible result, something may happen. Okay. So I work just like you do all the effort up front. And if it works out great, that's how it works for us. Plus spread the message and the word of what we do. I'm luckily in a financial position that I can afford to do this, but I'm also knowing what a great gift to give people to step over the line together. Let's work together. And if it works out great, let's go to the moon together. Let's first just go on a trip together. Very cool. Average sucks challenge.com forward slash friends. Absolutely worth checking out. So uh, what would be some parting thoughts? Like what, what would you want to leave our audience with today? Maybe something beyond that, that they can, that they can tweak right now uh, to, to, you know, to, to maybe change the way they think. Yep. Okay. So it really depends what area of your life you're working on and what it is that you're doing. Here, here's the first question you have to ask yourself is very simply, what was your original reason for doing the thing that you're doing? So I go back, let's say it's health. What was your original reason for working out? For me, it was originally sports. I wanted to be tough. I wanted to impress women. And I wanted to, um, I was 13, right? And I wanted to be with my buddies. And then I'm 35 and I can't work out. I can't figure out why I can't do it. Your brain's original reason for doing something is the reason you do it probably today. So it's really rebooting your reason. Same in business. What was your original reason for getting started? It might've been to survive. It might've been to get by. So one is, I want you to visit, take a minute today and visit the reason. Number two, ask yourself, have you solved that? And odds are you have. You've survived, you've proven a point and you're on your own in business. Congratulations. Are you willing to take the next step? And I think as a business owner, if you've been in business for more than a couple of years, let's step past survival and start working what the big corporations do and start building a profitable company. And building a profitable, effective business that makes a difference in the world is a very different game plan than just getting by. So if you're brand new, 
Let's get past survival and move to the next step. But really, you might want to ask yourself, like, what was your original reason for making money? It might have been when you were nine years old. You know, you need to provide for your family. And now you're like, you're past that and you're already providing. You need, may need to upgrade your average thinking when it comes to what it is you're doing. So that question I have found over the years, if you have the courage to ask yourself it, has been one of the biggest game changers for people because they look in the mirror and go, holy crap, I've already succeeded at that. And if you've already mastered a, mastered a 300, 310 batting average, let's get you to 315. You've already mastered two goals a game, let's get to two and a half. I spent my entire life believing I couldn't do things and I sold myself on it and told myself stories of why I was what I was. All it was was a way for my mind to have an easy out and an easy automatic each day. Just make sure the automatic you have is the one you want. So definitely get my book to averagesucks.com. You definitely want to get our Amazon, Barnes and Nobles because it'll get you to deeply understand this. And do not be pissed at me that I didn't make it sooner because every one of you will wish you would have done high school over again after you read the book. You're like, damn it, I wish I would have known this sooner. Be happy you know now. So there's my parting psychology thoughts. I love it. I love it. it d- let me ask you one, one last question. It, I love so, so, so my my thought process throughout my life has always been, why can't I? So I never had the, I, I never understood why people said I can't because I am this, or you know, like I came up in middle class, therefore you are middle class. Your parents, you know, you're, it's, it's like a, and, and I don't want to digress too far here, but it's like, I heard a, a doctor once talk about how most like 95% of, of diseases are actually are, are, are hereditary. They're not, you know, it's genetic, right? It's, it's not genetic. It's caused by the actions that you were, that are passed down from your parents. So if your parents had heart disease, it's because they taught you how to eat and you continue to eat the way that they did. Right. If you had fear, your parents tell you fear something. Yeah. And so it's like, is, is it, is it really potentially that simple and that why not just have the mindset of why can't I accomplish something? Well, why versus- do you say can't, uh, why do you say can't uh, with can't, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm just asking. Why do you, I say that? Well, what I guess people, like, I, I remove the T sometimes because it's a funny word, can't. Uh, so if you put can, why can't I? Now, when you ask the question, why can't I, what kind of result do you get? Think about the word, why can't I? Now, I know what you're asking. I'm, I'm helping them. You, you're asking the appropriate question because I understand your psychology. You're one of those people when I tell you, you can't do what you want to do it. You're highly motivated by being told you can't do it. You're what's called reverse polarity, which is a wonderful thing. If you know it about your children and when I teach the psychological stuff is you tell someone they can't do it. You tell me I can't do it. I'm going to be like, screw you. I don't care because I'm, I, it's, we're, we're different. We're wired differently. I understand why you're doing it. But a lot of people say, I can't do this. If you remove the T and say, I can do this, that's not positive thinking. That's literally one extra letter creates a different direction inside of your brain. So here's my question. Why can you be rich? Give me a, give me, give me a list of reasons of why can you be the biggest mortgage company on earth? Why can you? Well, why can I? I mean, because I mean, there's, there's a million reasons why I can, and and I'm going to, and I'm going to go find those ways. I mean, the problem is getting there has been very, very hard, but you know, it's kind of having the discipline to battle through it. Is it hard or do we have a natural tendency to be who we are? And the biggest thing we're fighting is not outside circumstances. The biggest thing we're fighting is an idea that we had that we thought was a good idea years ago. Remember, years ago, we all said, I never want to be broke again. I want to make six figures. And you finally made it. And you don't want to feel pain again. So you know what? You don't make seven figures because you want you work so hard to make six figures. Yeah. It's crazy. Sure. Are we willing to play the game? The game is simple. I'm not where I want to be. Every great athlete you've ever seen has reinvented themselves. I was the best in the minors. Now I'm going to be the best in the majors. I was the best last year. Now I'm going to be the best World Series. We have to reinvent ourselves. And I think a lot of us are just living off past dopamine rushes. 
It's interesting, man. It's, it's super interesting. And, and what's more interesting is now that I'm going to start thinking about shakes and I'm going to start chewing them yep. because I, so it basically sense, doesn't it? you're telling me that when I drink a protein shake, uh, if I chew it, it will actually have more of an effect that uh, my body's breaking it down. Is that what if it only gave you a 2% greater effect? Would that be enough? Yeah, of course. Some, I look at everything than... for a 1% advantage. I drink certain water for a 1% advantage. I, I do anything I can do for a 1% advantage. I have a multitude of them. And if I have 21% advantages, I'm up 20% on anybody. So here's the deal. When you chew, if you do chewing, what happens is it creates saliva glands, which then saliva goes to your stomach and sends the appropriate enzymes. If you just drink it, your body doesn't know what just happened. And then you just it comes out of you, you know, the other direction. So the point is, it's not a bad thing. It is better to have a shake than not have a shake. But when you chew it, you tells your body what it is. And if your body knows what it is, most of us are not aware. You get on a phone call and you go, that was horrible. Actually, that wasn't horrible. I was ill-prepared. Quote things correctly so you label them in your body correctly. Your mind screws things up. So anytime you say to yourself, God, cold calling is hard. Just remember, it's going to go with everything or scary. Scary is up there with genocide, destruction, pandemics, and political unrest. It's not scary, cold calling. It's something uncomfortable that you don't do often enough. Put it where it belongs so it's appropriated correctly so the next time you pull it out, it's not stained. That is the most important lesson we all need. Use language. Relationships are not hard. You don't have a lot of experience with them. You're new to them and you're working on getting better. That's not positive thinking. Appropriate labeling in the brain. It's like a file cabinet. It's all jacked. Most of us have that really crappy file cabinet that you bring to your accountant at the end of the year with your taxes. Organize that shit. Amazing. Good stuff, dude. We, we could go on for, for hours and yep. hours. I wish we had more time. Uh, awesome or average sucks. <laughs> awesome does not suck. Awesome is awesome. Average sucks.com. Go get the book. Go do the average sucks challenge. Average sucks challenge.com forward slash friends. Michael, this has been fantastic. I hope that we get to see each other at, a, at an event here in, yes. the, in the near future yes. and uh, continue and, and, and do some more talking because I promise you, if I see you at another closing table, I'm going to walk up and hand you a smoothie and watch you consume it. I'll chew it. I love it. I yeah. Love it. I, I, and it's not a funny thing. I just literally will, will chew it. it. I, I learned this at, a, at a, a health hack. I'm like, I will do any health hack that I can do to make a difference. It's not like how to beat a hangover. Beat a hangover, don't, don't drink. You know what I'm you, saying? But I was going to say, the, uh, if you know that secret too, give it to me. I love it. Yeah. I haven't figured, I, I stopped it a few years ago. I'll explain how I did that a while later if anyone's interested, but I'll do that. That's on awesome. Show. Awesome. But, I appreciate uh, you, man. Appreciate we'll, uh, you, brother. we'll, uh, we'll do this again you, sometime, man. This episode of Lab Code Agents podcast is brought to you by Link U. That's L-I-N-K, the letter U. Link U increases your referrals and conversions with automated and personalized digital follow-up. Link U's ultimate follow-up machine and done-for-you follow-up services can save you time, money, and energy by putting your follow-up on autopilot. And that's something we all need. This is how you get in front of your SOI and past clients and all different types of leads to get that consistency that you've been looking for. You want to learn more? Then you've got to attend one of their webinars hosted by LinkU's CEO and my friend, Wesley Rocha, where he reveals his follow-up secrets and the fastest way to double your real estate business. You can register now at www.followuplab.com. Trust me, this is not something you want to miss. Register now at followuplab.com. 
Agents Podcast.